spend my dollar. It's not about what you want, it's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. And folks, have we got a treat for you. We have Tommy with Talking Tigs Podcast back with us. Tommy's a fan favorite and uh, he's certainly an interview favorite. Tommy knows his LSU football and is just a joy uh, to, to talk to, uh, ask questions, get his perspective on the team. He always has uh, a lot of great information and good things to say. And today is absolutely no exception. So let's get on with the interview. Go. Welcome back, Alabama fans, and have we got a treat for you. We have Tommy with Talking Tigs Podcast back with us again. Tommy, how are you tonight? Hey, good to be with you. Uh, you know, one of the best one of the best weeks of the year for uh, at least for LSU fans, I think. And so good to be talking about uh, Alabama LSU and uh, excited to uh, not making the trip to Tuscaloosa, but I'm excited to be watching it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we, we spoke uh, preseason, there were versions of ourselves that would have predicted – uh, not the path, uh, not the path that we each took to get here, but uh, we would have predicted here we are again, sort of cock blocking each other for uh, for the West. You know, what do you think? Man, you know, it's uh, it's you're right. Like, I think that a lot of people, I mean, at the time, what we were both we we're both top 10 teams when we when you know, preseason top 10s. I think some of the, if you look back at some of the, uh, some of the things we were, we both had concerns about, I think they've both ended up being true concerns. Um, I mean, I distinctly remember talking about, you know, us, you know, having a, having a, a big chance to lose that FSU game. I thought we were going to win. I thought we would, you know, be a better team at that point than we were all out of the gate. Um, but, you know, the, the defensive concerns, especially the defensive back concerns, and really not being able to establish a run game until moving to uh, to Logan Diggs, who I think is someone that you know for for your for Alabama fans to watch out for number three for us, you know that that's been that was something that that hampered us a little bit early in the season, and uh, you know similar I remember talking to you about quarterback issues, and you know I think Milrow is as as I've watched it, he's kind of gotten it, he's he's gotten the nod and is really the starter now, but you know he's not Bryce Young, and so. You know, it's a we're we're both in an interesting position. I feel like where it it feels teams, not you know in the like you know I think our offense is LSU's strength. I would say probably defense is is Alabama's strength. Mm -hmm. But there's missing pieces on both that are you know that's the one thing that's keeping keeping each of our teams away from really running away with the West and and competing with Georgia. So you know it really all roads lead out of Tuscaloosa to Atlanta and we'll see who uh who comes away with that ticket right 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 absolutely talk talk a little bit about sort of peel back the the curtains just a little bit there you know Alabama fans you know you know we we have to hate Auburn and we get to hate Tennessee and LSU I, sometimes I feel like now some people say that's our biggest rivalry and I and I you know I think that's fair uh, some people really hate LSU. Some people, it's it's more it's a you know it's a team we get to play and get to really compete with. It's almost a novelty, you know. I think in, in all the right ways. Kind of peel back the 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 curtain a little bit on uh, just the the mood on on the fan base, right? You know, three and two for September. Certainly, no one expected that. 
did that sort of rub the shine off a little bit of uh, Brian Kelly's first year or, you know, kind of, kind of scores the headspace uh, just across the fan base? I would say, um, you know, last year we overperformed expectations going into this Alabama game or, or I guess following last year's Alabama game. I mean, LSU fans were really riding high going to the, to the SC championship because it really was unexpected. I think this year has almost been a, a, a little bit of a, of a mirror of last year where there was a lot of hype going into the season, but, and we've, we've underperformed maybe the expectations we had. Now, I think that if you look at, if you look at this team on paper, and then also if you look at what Brian Kelly really said throughout the off season, through spring trading, through fall camp, this team is not, is not there yet. They're not, you know, it's like Jane Daniels is clearly there. I mean, he's. I think. I think it'll be a crime if he doesn't get a get at least an invitation to New York. I'm not saying he needs to win the Heisman, but I mean, I think he's clearly been one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football. Aside from him and maybe Malik Neighbors, you know, there's a lot of deficiencies on this team. Um, I think. I think after the the, the Florida State loss, uh, that was a a huge deflator for the fan base. The Ole Miss loss. Uh, I mean, that was you know kind of snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory feel like you should have that was one that got away i would say the but but i think that and so i think lsu fans are uh disappointed in in the performance thus far in specifically in those two games i will say you know for for the listeners like it or not i think from my perspective i think from lsu perspective this is a this is a year that we want have Alabama. Like I, I think it's a perfect storm for us. I think it's gonna be a really good game. I think I, I'm not saying we're gonna win and run away with it. I think it can go either way, but I like our chances with this team versus the team we're gonna be playing better than I even than I liked our chances last year at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think we I, just match up better. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think definitely definitely a game of matchups here. Let me ask you this and and you sort of alluded to uh your answer. I was gonna go to Jaden Daniels. He's, I mean, he is a legit Heisman candidate. You think? I mean, I, I think he's, I think he is a legit nominee. Okay. I don't think he, I, I, I don't know if I would, um, you know, I don't know if he wins it because you know, there's so many, there's so many dynamics with with a Heisman winner that that is really out of the player itself's control. Like you know, the Heisman moment. Now, I mean, like maybe he has a he could I could see him having a Heisman moment like on college game day is at is in Tuscaloosa this mm-hmm. uh, this week. It's the last ever. This is something I think that we could all appreciate. It's the last ever primetime CBS SEC on CBS game. Yeah, because, of course, you know, the, the contract's running out, which for me, you know, I I was I was thinking about it actually last week. And I mentioned this on my podcast. Um, I was watching Florida, Georgia. And you know it's it's Gary Danielson, it's uh, it's Brent uh, uh, Brett Nessler, and I'm like that's what college football sounds like to me. Yeah, that's what yeah. SEC football sounds because that's all I've ever known really. Mm-hmm. And you know not having that, so so it's kind of it's interesting. Like this Alabama LSU game that has been really a marquee game for the SEC on CBS will kind of close it out, which is kind of cool, but also sad because I love yeah. the theme song. Um, <laughs> and so. I could see him having that Heisman moment and maybe he runs away with it. I th- I mean, I think that this is something maybe you can, maybe you'll agree with. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. I really don't feel like there, there are any elite teams in college football this year. I don't feel like there are any knockout elite players in college football this year. Right. So it's not as clear to me as it was with 
a Burrow, with a Devontae Smith, with a Johnny Manziel. That sure. okay, he's he's the Heisman winner, and these four teams are going to the playoff. I mean, I I, I don't think that I don't even think Georgia is, is as elite as they've been in the past two years. Are they the best team in college football? Probably, but I think you could catch you could catch any of these top five, top six teams on a bad day, and you know have your way with them. No, I think you're right. Talk about Jaden Daniels, how tough he is. I I have watched multiple LSU games this season, and I've said there's no way he keeps getting hit like that. If he gets hit like that, he won't survive the game. And there's been multiple games where I've said that. So clearly, right? Uh, I mean, he's he, you know he's 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 tall, kind of lanky. Like talk about just just the grit and uh, toughness that he possesses. Yeah, I mean he's he's really brought you know they've. Um, they talked about him during the offseason really making strides and making strides as a leader, making strides as a passer. Um, I mean, the wheels were always there. That was, I remember Jaden Daniels before he ever, you know, even thought about coming to LSU. I remember watching him as a freshman at Arizona State in yes. 2019. He was making, you know, he was making sports center top tens off of, you know, big runs and all this kind of stuff, lighting up the pack 12. Um, of course, that was with Herm Edwards when they were kind of a contender. So, uh, of course, that that feels like ten years ago. It's yeah, weird, yeah. Like, um, but uh, you know, you're right. He's definitely he's he's definitely developed some. You know, I think last year was a little bit of a rude awakening coming to the SEC. You know, the the uh, it's cliche, but guys are bigger, they're stronger. It's it's the four quarters in the SEC is you know he's not four quarters in the Pac-12, and so I think he's you know become accustomed to that, and he's definitely a lot tougher. I know I, I heard from a, a somebody who uh, somebody in the program. Um, gosh, I forget what game it was, but there's one where he he went down at like halftime, like right around halftime, he ran and got hit. And they were talking about afterwards that during during halftime, and they shot him up with something. He was like, I couldn't feel my entire bottom, like bottom, you know, like. It, but that's that's how you have to play in you know in this yeah. league, like. You know, you don't play hurt, you don't play. And, and you know, he's grown accustomed to that. I think Burrow is someone who showed that, you know, he was he was a gritty quarterback for us, and it's kind of the standard bearer. Um, it's crazy to say, but, you know, Daniels is not far behind. Yeah, no, that's fair. You know, you mentioned uh, Logan Diggs. You know, he barely edges Daniels out for carries, right? And so, which is another nod for, uh, for Daniels. Uh, talk about Diggs and what he brings to the mix. Man, so Diggs is someone who I've been high on really since he was in high school. One of my one of my best friends is a coach at Rummel, Archbishop Rummel, which is a, a Catholic school in the New Orleans area. It's where Jamar Chase came from. It's where Christian Fulton came from. So yeah, big big time players. If you going all the way back, Craig Stelts, uh, he's yeah, a, yeah. a famous a famous safety for LSU, went and he came from Rummel. So Diggs, I, I watched Diggs play his senior year, and I, they ended up losing in the. Uh, the semifinal, but I've been watching that game. Like undoubtedly, this is the best player on the field right now. And I mean, he he could he could kind of do whatever he wanted. It was fast, strong, great hands, great awareness. Um, you know, could run off tackle, could run between tackles. Anyway, so when he went to Notre Dame, you know, I was excited for him. Uh, but when and but when Brian Kelly came to LSU, the, the one of the first things I thought was, man, are we going to get Diggs back? <laughs> Because we haven't had a good running back, a, mm-hmm. a really solid running back, I mean, uh, uh, since Clyde, really. I mean, t- uh, Tyrion Davis Price was, he was good, 
I wouldn't say he was, you know, lighting the world on fire. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the last one we had where I were really solid. And when Diggs, of course, he didn't come back the first year, but when he came back, the uh, when he came back, when he announced he was coming back this year, I got really excited. It took a few games for him to to really submit himself. You know, like we have a we do have a lot of depth. Now, I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's it's not depth that is like we don't have. Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson. It's not like right, that. Right. We have just a lot of guys. Right. <laughs> and so, but there's you know, some names in there too. There's some names in there. Oh, there like Emory and Noah Kane. It's like, it looks oh, yeah. like uh, it, it looks like the B team all-star team that just never really sort of got it together. Right. You, you know, Noah Kane was somebody I was excited about when he transferred yeah. in last year. Um, John Emory is a five-star who has it's really the curious case of John Emery. Like you don't, I don't know what's happened. I mean, at first it was, uh, he had LASIK eye surgery. So it was like, Oh, well, he couldn't see the ball for his freshman year or something like that. You know, then the, all the academic issues and like the NCAA won't let him play. It's very strange. Right. But LSU fans have had, if you follow like recruiting boards, like people, cause, cause the guy is, immensely talented like mm-hmm. he has all of the traits that you'd want out of an sec back it's just like we just can't get it together the, the thing that i've been really excited about and i think that Diggs has been able to do is he is a solid you know a solid back he doesn't he doesn't make mistakes he doesn't fumble he, he's able to block which is you know key. he's able to catch the ball out of the backfield and he's able to get yards um and and the thing that you know you mentioned that uh daniels has almost as many carries as Diggs. Well, that's that's our that's how our game. You know, it's like you're not mm-hmm. you, know, you can't change the way Daniels is going to play. That's his game. But having that threat of a runner other than him that we didn't have last year is a is a huge improvement, and I think it's a key that has really helped take our offense, you know, to the next level because yeah. Daniels has become better. I think he's definitely become better with touch passes down the field. Other than that, his game hasn't changed that much. I mean, he still takes too many hits. He doesn't slide enough. You know, he's he still relies on his feet. And but having digs and, and to where it takes some of the pressure off of him, and it, you know, it's just another another weapon that um, defense have to account for. Uh, he's been a, he's been a great help to our team. Talk about uh, wide receivers and Malik Neighbors and uh, Brian Thomas. I, I mean, is that the best receiving duo in the country? It's pretty close, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Malik Malik has had a a very very solid career. I mean, he's had a quietly excellent career. He you know he was he was kind of overshadowed by Kayshawn uh, Butte um, when they because they came into the same class, I believe. And you know, he was always kind of that number two guy. Now with him being able to to really you know step up, I and mean, he kind of stepped up last year when Kayshawn was out and kind of in, and then didn't really want to play and all that kind of stuff. But um, I mean, Malik has had, a, has had an incredible year. He's really a really great. I consider him a really great possession receiver. I mean, he's you know he's a guy who doesn't he doesn't drop passes really. You know, he, he's not like Jamar Chase where I feel like he's gonna you know, just take the top off. Right. But um. You know, re, re, yeah, he's 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 definitely up there. I, I'd say Marvin Harrison is probably the best in the country. I think Malik's right after, yeah. and then Brian Thomas is a guy who's made um, great improvements. Another solid, you know, quietly solid career because he, he's both of these guys are three year three year guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, Thomas has really made 
uh, you know, big improvements and has really learned to use his, his height, you know, his, his body advantage. He's a, he's a tall guy. He's a strong guy. I feel like he didn't, you know, we didn't go, for, it was weird. Like he wasn't the jump ball guy. He wasn't yeah. the, you know, use, you know, put him in the slot and then try to get him a, against like a, a linebacker that can't really cover that kind of player. Um, we finally, he's finally started doing that and, and it's been very successful and, you know, it's opened up things for Malik, um, which is, which is great. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really excited about both of them. You know, Brian Thomas is, uh, I mean, there's so many guys on the LSU roster that Alabama recruited and, and Brian Thomas is, is one that I, I specifically remember, you know, five-star wide receiver. We really, we really wanted him. I, I know I was excited about the prospects of him coming to Tuscaloosa and, and uh, you know, first couple of years he was at LSU, uh, you know, I kind of thought, well, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not so disappointed that we didn't get him. And, and uh, watching LSU this season, I'm th- <laughs> I've changed my mind. Like, Holy cow. I wish, uh, I wish he was catching uh, passes in Crimson because, uh, you know, he definitely has developed into a weapon and has uh, served you guys very well this season. Talk about uh, talk about the offensive line. I, I'm looking at looks like three sophomores across the line. How is the line coming? To, uh, how how has the line come together this fall? You know, the, the offensive line is something I think that that is a that the the the, per, the uh, production that we've been able to get out of offensive line is really a feather in in Brian Kelly's cap and something tangible that you can see a huge difference between before Kelly, after Kelly. You know, Will Campbell was a five-star out of actually my hometown of Monroe, Louisiana, um, who was a was the you know crown jewel of, of our class and was a true freshman last year. Uh, he was heavily recruited by everyone in the country. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he committed to LSU early. What people don't realize, or, or I mean, you might realize, but – he was also heavily recruited by Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. Right. And so, you know, it was, a, it was a, a perfect storm where when Brian Kelly came down to LSU, it was like, hey, I recruited you over to Notre Dame. You're already, you're already committed here. It works out perfectly. Um, but also in that same class, we had Emory Jones, who was a, uh, a four or five star out of Catholic High in Baton Rouge. He started for us. So they're both true sophomores starting. Um, Zalance Hurd is a freshman. Uh, five star out of Neville in West, I mean in Monroe, the same same school that Will Campbell went to, and those are you know really cornerstones of this line that we've seen. Um, and then, uh, like you said, a lot of uh, a, a lot of returning talent, and then I mean a lot of credit to Brad Davis, who was who's the uh, the offensive line coach. He's really been able to turn this turn this uh, offensive line into a, a you know a very solid unit. I'm not saying you know they're not. Uh, on an impenetrable wall that just give Daniels, you know, all the time in the world to throw, but they give the very, a very athletic Daniels the time, more time than he maybe even needs, which is with his, with his, you know, talent. Right. So, um, you know, they've done a really good job. I think it's an improvement year over year. It's a continued improvement and, uh, you know, excited about the way that they've been able, because our offense wouldn't be able to to be as successful as it has been without them. Yeah. Let me ask you, I found, uh, uh, you know, sort of a, I'm going to call it a curiosity on the uh, LSU roster uh, at the offensive line. And I know you're the guy to ask. So looking at, looking, looking at the roster, uh, I see Mason Lunsford and uh, he's, he's listed as a redshirt senior, 
Uh, he's got a COVID year, and so, you know, they might call him a redshirt junior in terms of eligibility. He was a two-year starter at Maryland, and Maryland has had some success, uh, so they're not, you know, a, a, a schlub program. And he's from Iowa, and he's at LSU. <laughs> how, do, how does that happen? <laughs> you know, um, like Brian Kelly, it, it's he's really made it a – a um, sticking point to recruit and uh, develop offensive line talent. Now that's something that, that, you know, if you look back to his, his teams in Notre Dame, it's something that you were, whenever it's, it's kind of like, you know, um, you're watching the NFL draft or the, the pre-draft mm-hmm. coverage. And, you know, you know, the big, the big wide receiver, the top quarterback and all that. And then there's like the, the number three or number four overall pick is going to be some left guard probably yeah. from from like Notre Dame. And right, you didn't really right, know right. who he was unless you're watching that, you know, school every week. But then it turns out he's like a 10-year starter and, you know, all that. So Brian Kelly has really been able to develop that. He developed it at Notre Dame. He developed that at Cincinnati. And so this is something that I think a point of emphasis that he has brought to LSU, something that we have really haven't had elite offensive line play consistently ever. So, I, you know, I think that he's he's – with the portal and with kind of the hand that he's been dealt, he's trying to pick up as much talent as he can get from all over. Uh, I know that, you know, Maryland, that's one of you, the, the head coach there is one of your guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Mike Loxley, Loxley, right? Loxley. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Alabama's always had good, uh, has been able to develop good offensive line talent. Loxley, you know, took a lot. I think he took a lot of talent from y'all to Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, like most famously, Talia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, maybe it's kind of a, a little bit of you know. Let's see if we can get get a little uh, uh, some talent from the Alabama derivative. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, he he's definitely he's been able. I mean, just this past week, um, LSU got the got the commitment of another of a five star uh, yeah. offensive tackle in twenty four class. So. And I think that's our only five star of the class. So it's it's a little different because for a lot of LSU fans, we're used to okay, it's a wide receiver, it's a it's a running back. Those are our five stars, and it's a quarterback or it's a safety. These over the past couple of years, it's been offensive tackle, defensive, yeah, offensive, really offensive line. Yeah, the, the where the bulk of our um, five stars makes sense. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right, Tommy, I'm going to make you do it. We're going to, we're going to flip the field and, uh, I'm going to make you talk defense a little bit. That uh, hasn't been the the shining uh, the shining beacon on the uh, the LSU team uh, this season. You know, talk about the defense. What what has or hasn't come together with this unit so far this season? I, I think that um, most basically the defensive back we're we're depleted at defensive back. We don't have the talent that we're used to having, and just a lot of like. I don't want to say bad luck because I mean injuries happen. It's not it's not bad luck. It's just that's football. 
but we took a gamble on a guy and we talked about him earlier in our, in our preseason podcast. We took a gamble on a guy named Denver Harris, mm-hmm. who was highly touted, um, you know, five-star and committed to A&M didn't work out. Um, he has not panned out here either. I don't, I think he's, you know, he's maybe stepped on the field a couple games, but you know, he's on a, he's, he, he's confirmed unavailable for this, for this game. And I uh, lost another guy who, another quarterback who was starting for us. We got him in the portal he is also unavailable. I think he's no longer with the team now. I think that's, that's Deuce Chestnut, I believe. I'm, sure. It's even for LSU for the for the most like you know uh, for the biggest LSU fans. You still whenever when the defense takes the field for the first you know snaps, you look and like who okay who do we have at corner today? <laughs> um, so that's definitely a challenge, and that's something that's been exploited. Uh, I mean, and and I also I look at safety play as well. Now I mean, we don't have you know. Major Burns is a guy who's been who's been with us, I think, for two years now. He originally went to Georgia, um, so he's he's not like a, a new transfer, or a, a true freshman or something. But we just don't have we don't have a Jamal Adams, we don't have a Grant Delpit, we don't have like the safety play that we've been accustomed to. Defensive line, I think we've had some a little bit of disappointments, like Mason Smith. We talked about it earlier this season. Could this be his breakout? You know, he's a, another five star. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the Homa area, Homa, Louisiana, you know, is, is he, he, he's been highly touted and was going to, you know, supposed to be the next, the next huge defensive tackle to go on the NFL. He really hasn't had that great of a season. Um, I, I feel like, you know, the defensive line has been good, not great or solid, not, not, not even, you know, not exceptional linebackers. Linebackers, I think, have actually been a bright spot on the defensive side for us. They're just very young. Um, I mean, our best our best linebacker is a, is a guy named uh, Whit Weeks, who's a true freshman out of Georgia, Watkinsville, Georgia. Um, he's great, but he's a true freshman trying to play in the SEC. Yeah. So we're you know it's 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 youth, it's lack of depth, and I think in today's game, not having quality defensive backs is maybe more of a uh, of a detriment than it was five years ago or definitely 10 years ago, you know, we probably could have gotten away with, with having less than great defensive backs in 2012 in 2023, you'll get exploited real quick. Talk about the corners. Uh, Zion Alexander, you know, looks like maybe he's, he's playing well. And I see Sage Ryan listed as uh, as a corner. I know that's another player that we recruited and we were thinking of him you know, projecting maybe a safety. And so when I saw him at corner, I was a little bit surprised. You talk through why that that may be uh that may be the case, but talk about Zion Sage uh at the at the corner spots. So that so Sage should not be playing corner. Like okay. your your projections are correct. <laughs> okay. um, and I don't think he and I don't, and that's not a that's not a knock on him. Sure. Like that's not his position. He he plays for us normally he plays nickel. Okay. Um, more at almost like a, a strong safety, you know. Um, he, he now Sage Ryan is a guy who is another one who he really, you know, he, he's his cousin is Kevin Falk, mm-hmm. comes from a great, you know, football bloodline. Mm-hmm. You think he's going to be, you know, gosh, this guy is going to be so good, hasn't really panned out. Um, I, a, a coach friend of mine who coaches in, in high school ball, um, said, because we, we, we were talking about it, and you know, I'm just, you, you know, how you, when you're watching a game and you're thinking to yourself, like, man, you know, 
this guy's a disaster. Like, right. where, where is the, this guy? Is a five star? What, what are these? What are these? Uh, you know, two four seven has no idea what they're looking at. Right. I remember texting a buddy of mine who coaches, and he was like, "Yeah, I could have told you that because he was recruited as a quarterback or as a as a you know a defensive back. Yeah. And his entire senior year, he never played defense. Oh, is that right? So, yeah, he played he played all wide receiver, and you know now as a as a as a high school coach, he says uh, my my buddy's like that's kind of a symptom of the game, you know, like the, it, whereas, you know, maybe 10 years ago, your best player would be fine playing defense. Um, this, you know, now with the camp, with the, the seven on seven camp yeah. kind of world that we live in highlight world of, you know, social media, it's all about touchdowns. It's all about big, you know, big yeah. scores and all that to where, um, you know, it's just not as, it's not as much of a priority. So um, Sage Ryan, I mean, I, I, I hope he does well. I, I wish him the best. Right. <laughs> and but I think he, you know, I'm not expecting a ton out of him just because I know he's playing out of position. Out of position, that's not going to be his comfort zone. Zay Alexander is is one who's I think you know been decent for us, but um, we just you know we just don't have the guys we we don't have the guys we used to. Like there's always been the the thing of is it Florida, is it Ohio State, or is it LSU? Who is DBU? Yeah. Well, this year, this year, it's not us. <laughs> it, over time, you know, I could I could argue that it, over history, back at that 2011, 2010 sure. team, that was DBU. I mean, I still remember the sports science thing they would do where they talked about how Patrick Peterson yeah. and Mo Claiborne could cover the entire field with just just the two of them. Yeah, um, just with how fast they were and their and their wingspans and everything. But this year is not that. And I, and I think that's something that really like, that is, that is something where LSU fans are, are, they don't like that. We don't like not having good defensive backs. And I think that's something that Brian Kelly needs to address. Yeah, no, that's fair. Talk about, uh, you know, earlier in the season, it seemed that uh, some of the negative reporting or negative opinion, you know, directed at the LSU defense was the uh, I'll say the misdeployment of uh, Harold Perkins, sort of the reassignment uh, of his role, sort of wrap that story up for us. How, what, what, what was it early on? Maybe how it's evolved. He was such a world beater last year, uh, and and it seems like, and I hate to say, maybe his play is 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 not at the same level, but it feels like it's not at the same level. To kind of walk us through that. I mean, I think it, I think it's fair to say that it's not at the same level, and and I and you know, it's it's kind of a he said, she said of whether it's a scheme thing or is it, you know, is it him or is it a little bit of both? Or is it that teams are kind of, you know, have gotten a year of tape on him yeah. and are able to account for him. And maybe we don't. And, and because we don't have the talent at, at, uh, at safety, we don't have the talent at uh corner or, and we're not having the great production that maybe we need out of the, the, off of the defensive line. You know, maybe it's not as as opportunity for him to make those kind of big highlight plays that we saw last year. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't as as uh, there were a lot of LSU fans calling for Matt House's head after some of those first games because of having Harold Perkins basically play middle linebacker and yeah. having the majority of his snaps consist of him taking on a block and being eaten up in the box. Um, I wasn't as you know hard on house for that. I do think it was a little bit, you know, it's like, I do question taking your, your, your defensive playmaker and kind of putting him in 
uh, traffic really just making him, you know, take on blocks. I don't, but then again, I, I also, I respect that. Um, and I think Hal said, this is like, we're here to develop players. And if he wants to go into the NFL, like, you know, we, we want to try and develop him into a full, uh, uh, you know, a, a five tool, if you will, linebacker. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, I think it's kind of a, you know, can go either way on what, what's the right thing to do. They they definitely have freedom up now, and I think also that and and also I think that has to do with Whit Weeks as well, because Whit Weeks as a true freshman, you know, game one probably wasn't ready um, to be the guy. He's become more of that guy and taken more of that middle linebacker role and done it very well to where you don't have as big a hole there, and you can afford to take Perkins and and let him you know move around the field, which is where he is when he's at his best. I remember on the podcast that we did earlier, I, I said I thought he had the chance to be like the next Will Anderson. This year he has not been that. Um, he still has the talent for it. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the physical physical attributes and everything. Um, just hope that, uh, you know, I, I think he could be a difference maker in this game against Alabama. A big play yeah. from him could go a long way. But, I mean, one player is not going not gonna, to uh, make up for – bad bad secondary or or no push on the defensive line so that's something you know when we've been talking about this game and breaking it down i think for lsu fans we need to score we need to get up by two or three scores early and step on the gas and not let off because they're going because alabama is going to be able to score i don't think that and and you might you might disagree i don't think that that this alabama squad is a score on command team that like like what if Bryce Young was was quarterbacking, you know, it's just like throw it. He's he can do it. Or even with that team with Matt Jones and Devontae yeah. Smith, that was score on command. I don't think it's that. Um, but I think that this defense will allow points to be up. Um, I think it's gonna be a race and who can, you know, who can score more before yeah. the time, before the, the clock ticks. Well, you may have just answered by you know, my next question. And, you know, my fear is that that you have a real straightforward, simple answer. Uh, but what does LSU need to do to come to Tuscaloosa and uh, leave town with a victory? Man, I, I guess I was reading your mind a little bit. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I think it is, you know, I think it's it's to, for LSU to win. In my the way I see it, I think LSU needs to. Uh, I, I do, if I was scripting it, you know, we would maybe get the ball first. We go and we score. Then we have a quick stop. We score again, and then it's a trading blows for the rest yeah. of the game, and. It's kind of and it kind of ends up. I don't know if you watched the end of that Georgia Florida game last week, where you know Florida had the ball with like a minute left, and they scored, and you know it cut it cut the lead down, but because I think it cut the lead down to like seven points or something like that, where it was like a lot, it was a lot closer than the game actually played out as. Yeah, yeah. But I could see I could see that where LSU's up maybe if LSU's going to win, LSU's up two scores, Alabama rolls down the field and scores and then you know then it comes down to attempting a uh uh onside kick and who knows if it goes or doesn't but then game over like yeah. that's that's how i think it's going to go i don't i don't anticipate us having some lights out defensive game by any means i think alabama is going to be able to score i think i think we're going to be able to score that I, I would say this is probably not the the most lockdown defense that alabama's had over the years um, no, it's our better. Uh, it, it's it, we like our defense this year as opposed to you know previous years. But you're right; it's not it's not you know it's yeah. not one of Saban's best. Yeah, 
The interesting thing that I would that I would be so, uh, you know, we we did struggle a little bit against. Uh, well, I wouldn't say we struggled in the first half, and of course they have you know your old offense, your old defensive coordinator. But I, I am interested to see how that uh, how that plays out. You know how how much of the defense has changed from. Uh, with or how how y'all are going to approach facing an LSU team that hasn't changed that much on the offensive side of the ball compared to last year. Yeah, with a new it's, defensive coordinator and and pretty much similar personnel that I think that y'all have. Yeah, I think so. I you know I I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, I I really do like our defense, but but you know you guys and, and Daniels pose a, you know a different threat right if there was a you know we've played a lot more aggressively Alabama's played a lot more aggressively on on defense and when there's a statue you know in the backfield you just you know go get them but when you have a quarterback that can tear you up uh running the ball then maybe maybe that slows down some of that aggression so that's going to be interesting to see you know how we spy him how we get after him without uh, letting our, our run lanes go. And so that's going to be a, a significant challenge. I like our corners this year, so that's going to be interesting. But they're both going to have their hands full uh, with uh, the receivers that you have. It's not just one guy, but uh, it's a pair of receivers. So that's going to be, uh, you know, that's going to be interesting. The, uh, you know, Milrow, I, and I love the kid as he's, you know, progressed and grown up and the leadership and maturity uh, that he reflects. There's still this little part right back here where I, I I'm a little concerned uh, anytime he he steps back to to throw the ball because he's still working through the the mental uh, aspect of the game and so that's going to be something that that'll be interesting to to see how that plays out you know Alabama's going to play a full half uh, you know like the Tennessee yeah. game we didn't show up in the first half we showed up at halftime and uh, for this game maybe the late start helps us we need to show up from the start. And play a full sixty, so that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. But you know, uh, you know, the offense, defense, defense, offense. Uh, not to oversimplify it, but man, there's a lot of contrast. That's going to be fun to, to see how they uh, to see how they play out. Uh, not just because they line up, you know, sort of in a very cliched way, but damn, what you guys bring to the table on offense and and the way Alabama's playing defense. Uh, and then sort of the recipro- reciprocal of that, you know, yeah. we're stronger where you're, uh, you know, our strengths line up, right? Uh, strengths line strength up, against strength, strength, strength and, and question against question, right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's going to be pretty dang interesting to uh, uh, to see. Uh, Tommy, you said you're not making the trip to Tuscaloosa this year. Is that right? Uh, no, okay. I'm not. Um, right. I'll be making the trip via CBS. All right, very good. Well, you'll you'll get to tune in, I guess, to the last uh, the last uh, CBS SEC sort of primetime event. And uh, if you ever make it to Tuscaloosa, man, hit us up, and uh, we'll uh, we'll make an event out of it. But uh, Tommy, yeah. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk ball uh, with you. It's just it's just you know we get incredible feedback for uh, for these interviews because it's just you guys are just talking ball. And, uh, and, and so we love, uh, your LSU passion. We love, uh, what you bring to the conversation. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yep. Thank you for having me. It's always, uh, it's always great to talk. All right. Well, good luck the rest of the season. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Same to you. <laughs> All right. Take care. And we're back. What did I tell you? Another great interview with Tommy, uh, Talking Tigs podcast. Uh, Tommy's just a really great dude and really knows his Bengal Tigers. And it's always a, a good time talking ball 
uh, with Tommy. We even did an off-season or preseason show uh, with him earlier this year. I'll link to this, uh, link to that in our show notes if you haven't heard that. Uh, again, a lot of passion for his team, which is great. We love that. We have passion for our team. Uh, we can allow passion uh, across the sideline as well. And uh, Tommy represents his team uh, just about as well as anyone uh, that we have an opportunity to, to, to speak with. So I uh, hope you enjoyed the interview. Uh, it was another great one. And uh, let's get ready for Saturday uh, in Tuscaloosa. Last CBS game, uh, Tommy points that out for us. There's a great uh, dialogue around that. And uh, let's get ready for Saturday. Doing what we do, Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.